Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a new episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. This week's guest was by far one of my favorites, and I know will be one of your favorite interviews because we go down the rabbit hole of one of the best eras ever, the 90s. And most of all, her book, A Star is Porn, was so well written, and I just love the makeup and the composite of it. It's a great hardcover book, definitely worth picking up. So let's welcome one of the biggest pioneers of the adult film industry to my show, Miss Dominique Simone. Oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm finally catching up with the Dominique Simone, who has not aged like a bit, by the way. Oh, I'm so excited. You, you look gorgeous. You look the same. You really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to see you. But most of all, so while I was sitting in the bubble bath this weekend, everyone, I was reading A Star is Porn. This is beautiful. And this is not just like any other book that you see most previous adult film stars put out. This is like a hardcover. It looks like um, a real book, so to speak. Don't they all look like real books though? No, it just depends who's on the cover really and who's uh-huh. writing it. And I always knew that you were smart. So I'm like, yeah, like if I didn't know you now, I would pick up your book. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> Tell us what inspired you writing the book. That's the big question here. Cause I didn't think I, for some reason, like I haven't seen many porn books out that are not porn books, but life stories that are great as of late. Well, um, do you remember around the time that Savannah died? Yes. Yeah. There was a guy that came and interviewed me from, from Rolling Stone and he was doing a story about her. So he was only coming over for like an hour, but he ended up staying and talking to me for about four hours and we were talking and he said, yeah, he said, I was one of the ghost writers for what's love got to do with it. He said that, you know, I think you have a really great story. I'm, I think that yeah, I would love to be your ghostwriter if you ever wrote a book. And um, he said, I just think it would be something that's really inspirational. So that's when, that's what had put the bug in my ear about writing a book. I just didn't feel like I was at the right point in my life where a book can, could be impactful. And um I just wanted to write something that was inspirational that people could draw from and where people could get to know me as a person instead of a commodity and get, you know, so I I think that I did a good job doing that and navigating around my life from a little girl until I left the industry, you know. (laughs) It's so important because there are all these shows out there. Did Life After Porn ever um, approach you? No, no. What is that show about? Well, I don't think you really fit the narrative, to be honest with you. And take that as a compliment because you're not exactly a train wreck. Um, switching <laughs> back to the book. So did this guy ever ghostwrite with you or not? 
No, I actually, um, when I did decide that I was going to do the book, it was three years ago and he had already left. And, and so I was just like, you know, and even I I started my book before COVID and there was a lot of things going on at that time. And I was just like, no, now it's not a good time to, to, to finish my story. I'm just not quite where I want to be in, in my life, in my head. And so it, it took a while for me to get to the place where I was able to compile everything and put it all together and the timelines, because, you know, uh, so much happened during the time. I feel like the nineties, we, I feel like in the nineties, we missed out on a lot because we were constantly, I know you were working, you were touring all the time out of the country. And so was I. So I even find myself now watching a lot of these like 90s shows and catching up because I'm like, where was this? Well, I was working, you know? So a lot of my fans will say, oh, you're watching that show? Yeah, because I, when I was working all the time, I didn't have time to watch TV. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was never approached to do, to do that show, um, but I was approached to do another show that just came out on HBO um, I don't remember what it was called, but um, it's kind of something like life out of uh, after porn, something like that. But you know me, I just kind of kept to myself. And <laughs> no, I hear you. I don't think that those really benefit a book that much because somehow I feel as though these things got chopped up, you know. And they interviewed me for one of those. I have to say, I just wasn't the right train wreck they were looking for. I'm still a wreck, but not that train wreck. What kind of train wreck were they looking for? (laughs) Not us, because you can construct a full sentence perfectly fine, and you can write perfectly fine English, and you're responsible. Yeah, thanks to adulting. But when I opened your book, so... I said this to you prior to the interview. When you open Dominique's book, it describes Times Square in the best era ever, I think, the 90s. And you could smell like the grime and feel the heat of the streets, you know, just kind of trickling up on you and all like the prostitution, all the cheap perfume. What was it like going into Show World? Because I personally miss Show World. I love that you were there. I'm kind of jealous, though. You we weren't at Show World? I never featured there because don't forget I grew up in New York City and I would walk by there, okay. which you'll get to later because we have a similar story in that respect with mom and grandma and stuff like that. But <laughs> we do. Uh, what was that like for you? And is New York City what you expected coming from Georgia? Well, you know, I, I was I was very young. I was 19 when I did my first appearance there. And it was cold. And, you know, those New York blocks are long blocks. You know, that block is like walking 10 blocks. Of course, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the right shoes on. It was snowing. And um, they sent someone to come to my hotel and get me and and walk me walk me to the club, which was just maybe about a few blocks from, from where um, I was staying. And I just remember just all of these people, the hustle and bustle, everything was so fast. The cabs zooming by, you know, I almost got hit by a cab, you know, it was just like, I was so afraid, you know, people coming up to me, grabbing me, asking for, you know, and that would just freak me out. But I think what really freaked me out the most was that every store I passed, 
my box cover was in it, a poster, you know, everything, you know, and I was just like, every other store was a porn shop, you know, either it was a sex, sex, a sex club or strip club, porn shop, a bookstore, a book, book stand, just everything I passed and I was there. So, you know, people were like, you know, because they, they recognized that the bodyguards would go and get us from the hotel. And so they knew that's the feature dancer because our picture is up on the marquee, you know? So I was just so afraid and just like, I felt like, like a, a girl lost in the woods, you know, it, it was, it was very frightening. And then when I got into show world and all of the lights, it's like going to a carnival, right? <laughs> It's like going to going to like they call it the, the flesh emporium of porn, you know. It was just like, and then the sky is on this bullhorn, and it was just like, oh my gosh! And I'm looking at all the lights, and I'm just like, first time walking in there, and they're like, okay, we're gonna take you up to your dressing room, and then you know, I walk by these girls that are just standing outside of their booths, and they're just like, and it was I was so frightened, you know never featured dance before, <laughs> had no idea what I was going to do. And it was just like mind blowing, mind blowing. I didn't realize how big of a name I was. And, um, you know, the day before I had been at a, a, book, a bookstore and I was there with, you remember Janet Jackman? You remember? Yes. Her? Yes. I was there with her, and um, they they had the when we pulled up to the bookstore, I was like, "Who are these people here for? Is there a concert going on?" They were like, "That's for you." So they had to take us in the back, and I just remember the guys pushing on the windows, and they had to call the police, and they had to come in, and you know, get some order, and. These guys, they wanted to get in so bad, they were pushing on the windows. And um, this line was around the corner for hours and hours. And I just remember signing picture, you know, you know how we would take the pitch Polaroid pictures, you know, the bathing suit, you know, it was straight bathing suit pictures. So, you know, and it was either one with me or either one with Jen or one with both of us. It was just crazy. And I had never seen anything like that in my life. And it was exhilarating. I was young. It was fun. And, you know, there was always something that was just like crazy happening, either in the club, outside of the club. I just had a blast. I had a blast. And I didn't just dance at Show World. I went to another one called Goldfingers. You remember that one? Yeah, I featured there. It didn't end too well. <clears throat> you, you were there too. <laughs> you know, house girls sometimes could be a real pain in the ass. That's I all I said. I that with the house girls. Um, they don't know. get it. Like you bring the customers there. They we have get so angry at us and we're bringing in the crowd for them to make money. I went through that with the house girls. I've had some, some places where I've danced and... The girls were just vicious, vicious, you know, to where I thought they would want to fight me, you know, 
And I, I just, you know, I just kept to myself. I went in, I did my shows and then I left and then I come back, you know, and, and that's, that's what I did. I, I, I used usually travel with a makeup artist too. So, you know, we'd leave and go back to the room and I, you know, they never gave us much time in between shows, you know? And, um, one of the things I, I, one of the things we couldn't do, we couldn't really go too far from the club. So it's not like we could go and have a meal and relax, you know? So the only place that you can really get some celebrity, get, get some, some peace and peace of mind is by, you know, going back to your room. And sometimes I go back to my room and I go, ah! <laughs> well, yeah, show world. Now that was really, okay. So not you per se, but that was the girls that danced there, not to be rude, they were sort of not the ones you'd find at like flash dancers or Kit Kat club or school or um, string fellows. These were another brand of girl that would get off the bus at Times Square and cross the street. I'm now curious as to which hotel they put you up in. Um, they put me up in, it was, it was right. Do you remember the pizza place, Tony's Pizza? It was okay. like, yeah, it was it was a hotel directly across the street from there. It was nice, you know. Milford Plaza, Milford Plaza, Mildew Plaza. Yes, Milford Plaza. <laughs> but you know, considering all the other places around there, you know what I mean. It was it was it was nice, you know. As I stayed, but you know, after staying there that one time, you know, and going and doing that first appearance. After doing that, I was just like, oh no, put me up somewhere else. This is where I want to stay. But, you know, we have to go through that experience and go there and see what it's about. And then um, and then we were able to get around. That's my second time to New York. So um, I was able to get around and see other places. And, um, you know, I had my crew with me and I was like, oh, no, this is where I need to be, you know. And, and so we're able to, you and I were able to kind of dictate what we wanted. I want this makeup artist. I want this person traveling with me. I want this bodyguard. You know, I don't want this person in there when I'm performing. That, that girl, she's harassing me. Get her out of here or I'm not coming. <laughs> you, were just, you were nicer about it. I would just, you know, if it's someone I didn't like, I would just deal with them directly. That's yeah. probably why some people were afraid of me. <clears throat> <laughs> but that's interesting you had your you had your makeup artist I had a makeup artist once to travel with me then we were in Canada he came in like at 3 a.m into the hotel room right mm -hmm. telling me about a, a blowjob he gave to someone that was a famous athlete at the Miami Dolphins I'm like dude it's 3 a.m I can't I can't I don't want to hear about your cock stories like I don't want to talk about look dick and lipstick at 3 a.m I just couldn't oh my goodness I know <laughs> I would take my, um, you knew my makeup artist. It was Steve Earhart. Yes. Steve Earhart. So, um, so we'd, we'd, we'd have so much fun because he, he basically would be like, he would make it fun for me. Like we, I would get up and he'd say, okay, let's go to the gym. So we'd get up and do things. Let's go have breakfast and then start makeup. So we did other things, you know, so that, you know, I'm just not getting up dragging and doing makeup and then leaving to go do the show he had to because he, he knew me we had to break it up like that and then you know we had that noon show and then one at five and then one so close after at eight and then that 11 o'clock show you know and um 
what what I didn't like is that noon show. I'm like, why would they, you know, because that's like a getting up at seven o'clock for a noon show, seven in the morning, sometimes six thirty if you want to go to the gym. I'm like, why would they do a show at noon? But those noon shows, that's when the lunch crowd came in and and those were probably my funnest shows. The the five o'clock shows were good. All of the shows were good in New York because you know, people it's it's different in New York. People are just out at all times of the night. Um, it was a lot different than when I was like in San Francisco, you know, we they, we do shows later. Oh, different concept though there. <laughs> who was your booking agent at the time? Wow, who were the booking agents? And was it was Charlie yours? Fry? Well, it was Charlie Fry and then I fired him. He passed away by the way. Oh, and yeah, you told me he passed away. I thought her name was Alana. Oh, okay. So then there was the Lee Network out of Florida. Then Mm -hmm. there was Frank's Chicken House. Her name was Elena, or it was an elderly woman in New Jersey. The elderly lady. Yeah, yeah. She's a tough one. She's tough. And then oh my gosh, she was tough. You know, she sometimes she would say she had me like they say, "Do you have Dominique Simone?" And and she'll say, "Yes, I have her." And then when she didn't. And then, you know, um, she'll say, oh, well, she can't show up. I'll just send this person. She was known for doing that. And I was just like, that is just, no, so not cool. You know, and I'll go to a club and they'll say, yeah, you canceled on us before. And I was like, uh, weren't you with so-and-so? But, you know, I went from her to Frank's Chicken House. Yeah. And Alana. Elaine, Eleanor. Eleanor, Eleanor. That was her Eleanor, name. yes, that's who it was. It's Eleanor. such a flashback when we talk about these people and these places oh my goodness so what kind of clubs did you feature dance at did you do the flash girls and the i was a house girl there before i started under the name karen baker i didn't really look the same but i was dancing there when it was the kit kat club when we hustle drinks oh okay in that era so right when you were featuring we just started having features. They transferred to flash dancers, but I did all the other great places and all the other fun places. I, I went like all over the place. Um, there are a lot of bad experiences and a lot of good ones. You know, I would say the worst one was not getting paid because my manager was screwing me and getting paid ahead of time. And I had to rip the phone out of a wall at a club. I got the, my money, but just double paid, I should say. Um, did you ever have a really bad, scary experience while traveling? Like if you had the one you could name, which one would it be? And there's always that one we have. I would say I booked with this, I booked with um, a promoter and um, he wanted to book me and Janet Jack me. And you remember Champagne? Why does that name sound familiar? she's she's been gone for a while but you know he wanted to and 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 I had been very hesitant about booking with him because he had you know kind of said some things about me that I didn't think were kind of nice you know and um and so so I finally gave in and I said okay I'm gonna book with him and um so so we get to we get to the venue and it's this bar it's a bar it's not a club, it's a bar, you know? And so I'm like, where are we supposed to dance? And so, you know, he's like, this is good. And it was packed, okay? 
And I'm like, where's the stage? So they wanted us to dance on the bar, on the bar, you know? So it was just like square bar. They wanted us up on the bar. So me, you know, sometimes I would dance in these stilettos that were like five, six inches, you know? So I'm on this bar and I have these drunk guys, like drinks, you know, throwing drinks, you know, and, and um, just, just crazy grabbing at me. And I just said, <laughs> hold up, stop. I don't feel safe. And one of the security guys came and took me. And I, I don't remember I had on the bikini, this little string bikini. He took me and threw me over his, um, and carried me out of there. And I never, I did not even finish my show. Then, then Janet came out after me and then, you know, they loved her show. Cause you know, I wasn't much of a dancer, you know what I mean? I was just like a real, Oh, pretty girl, you know, you know what I mean? And she's a dancer, you know? So, so she saved me and <laughs> she came out and it ended up being a success. But, um, after that, I told myself, I'm going to stick with my agent. I'm going to stick with places that I know. It was in the most horrible area in um, the Bronx, you know. Oh, I know the place. And then, and then, and then, um, you know, they paid, they sent for my hotel and everything. They paid for my hotel. But I, when I get there, I was like, no, they paid for my um, airfare, you know, me and Jenny. And so when they pick us up from the airport, I'm like, well, where are we staying? Oh, you're staying at my house. I'm like, your house? Yeah, I set up a room for you girls. You're only here for one night, you know? I'm like, what? You know, so I said, I said, I'm going to do my performance. And I said, I want to go straight to the airport, you know? So, um, and then I had my makeup. I had Steve with me. So, so Steve was in the back, you know, in the kitchen or wherever they had him set up. And, you know, he was like, oh. So, so we ended up having fun afterwards because the security guy ended up um, giving us a ride, um, you know, to the airport. But, you know, since it was a while before our flight left, um, he took us around in the city and we were able to drive and go eat and stuff and, you know, New York. And so that made it really fun. But I was like, where are we staying in my house? And it was just this somewhere like it was in the hood. It was in the hood. And um, it was just like, oh, my goodness, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Yeah, you don't want to be staying. Yeah, they changed the name. They changed the club around a little bit years later. But I walked out when I got in there the first time. It was, I think they changed it to Al's Mr. Wedge. And yep, that's the place. That's they the had the bar when I saw that shit. I just have to tell you, I just turned my butt around. I went right back. And I'm from New York originally. So I just went right back in. And I'm just like, I'm not coming back here. Now, getting back to your story. Um, it's interesting because <clears throat> growing up, so my mom and I would walk past the Kit Kat Club in Manhattan. She turned to me and said, don't ever work there because the girls drug the men and take their money. I'm saying to myself, that's not such a bad thing, is it now? But, right? <laughs> at, at our older selves, we could say, hey, well, wait a second. Maybe it's not that's such a bad deal after all. But she then uh, told me never to go into there. Flat, fast forward, of course, you get curious and things like that, right? 
then you want to know what's going on, which is what we did. What was your first encounter on a porn set? And what was your first scene like? What was it what you thought it would be? My first encounter on a porn set was, I actually wasn't there to work. Um, see, I started off doing magazines. So my first encounter in the industry was doing a shoot for Hustler. And then I met someone on, on the set that said, hey, would you, you should come over to the shoot. And I don't know if you remember Leisure Time or they were- Of course video. I do. Mark, Mark Carrier. Yeah. He was cute. Yeah, he was cute, right? You remember Ritz? Yeah. So, so um, Ron, Ron Jeremy was directing and it was just like, it was like the, we were at Ron Vogel Studios. Remember that place? Oh Ron. yeah. Didn't he pass away? Yeah, and and um, his daughter Alexis, she did my makeup. She's a lovely person. Yeah, she was beautiful. And um, so so I go to this studio, and I'm just like walking around, and it's just like it's kind of like a circus, you know. And you know how they would do those those um, all night shoots. They would start, and they would shoot scene after scene after scene. And so. Um, I was just walking around, you know, upstairs, downstairs. And that's my first time meeting Peter North. He was on one set, yeah. And so Ron Jeremy came up to me, he said, hey, you're cute. You wanna do a scene? And I was like, I've never done this before. What is this, you know? And um, he was like, yeah, you know, he was like, I, I need someone like you. Hey, um, you'll be working with him. And so I looked, I was like, ooh, he's cute, you know? And um, that was my first scene. Peter North? Yeah. Was Steve Earhart doing your makeup? Steve hadn't, hadn't met me yet, but um, I'm going to tell you that um, I, I think, do you remember Roy Brewington? Uh, yeah of course he, he was there wait and, blue blue coyote productions yeah because i think they were doing a, a, a oh my god that's the second thing we have in common yeah that's 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 one of um i think he was shooting too because they had multiple shoots going on and he said hey i would like to do a, a setup with you too and i just remember i was young girl i was like 18 maybe and i remember um doing the scene with Peter and I remember him telling him to stop. He said, stop. Um, and he went over to Roy. He said, I don't think that she's old enough, you know? And he was like, he said, I could just tell she's not old enough. And he was like, no, I have her ID right here. And then he finished the scene, but he was just kind of leery about my age, you know? And that was my first scene. See, I thought Peter North was Randy Spears. And I had no idea because I didn't realize that people like doing the titles or the credits aren't that bright. Um, I watched only one film in my life and under Peter North, it said, um, oh, under Randy Spears, it said Peter North. I loved Randy Spears. See, I didn't get that. I didn't get that far, but uh, I didn't get to work with him. But then I requested him with Roy for my first scene, not knowing what I was expecting. Steve Earhart was doing my makeup. Oh, girl, you didn't know. I'm like, no. Oh, have you ever seen his thing before? It's this big. Then he whips out a curling iron. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> All of a sudden, 
Steve's like scared the shit out of me. And I don't think he meant to do that, you know, because yeah, you know how Steve is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I I was in for more than I expected. Did you work with um Rocco? <clears throat> who? Did you work with Rocco? What guys did you work with? Who are your who are your favorite guys to work with? Oh, um, I don't think I had any because I was just a bitch. <laughs> They didn't really, they were, they were running to work for, with me until they had the full Jasmine experience where it, the light was, where the cameras stopped running. Okay, good. All right, how are my nails? I got a nail appointment to get to. Can we get this shit done and over with, please? Because I have things to do. I want to go home and play with my cat. I want to go skateboarding. I have things to do. Hurry up. So all of a sudden, what was this goes like, well, can you help me? No, I can't. Um, Could someone do my nails, please? That's what would happen. So that's the Jasmine experience exactly to it. And, and things haven't changed really much to this day. Um, <clears throat> I was just in training then. I didn't have the chance. I like Tom Byron was great. Um, you know, John Decker, people like that. Anyone that wasn't, that didn't have a gut. John Doe. John Doe, is that John Decker? Is that John? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. No, was it? No, there's John Doe was the dark haired guy who passed away. But, you know, it's just it was this whole thing where we were. You know, we're just caught up in our minds so much. Then we had these box covers and this persona to put on. Did you for when you first started, did you feel like there was a different put on to Dominique Simone versus your real personality? Or do you think they were just both one in the same, except one person did naughty things? while the other one didn't yes, exactly great. exactly and plus i'm a gemini so i have that 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 duo personality going anyways um but um you know you you, you mentioned something earlier about how your mom said to you oh don't go into that place and then it makes you go huh you know maybe maybe i want to do that you know so so i i was raised in a in a very southern um um household Southern Baptist household. So I was told that this is bad, that is bad. So, you know, it made me kind of want to venture out and say, well, what's so bad about this? You know, why, why is she telling me not to stay away from those boys? So, um, but the, the box covers, you know, I don't know, did you shoot your box covers like um, the day of the shoot or the next day? It was so much different back then, right? So glamorous and, uh, Yes. It was like a week or two before, because when I look at your book, your book cover, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, by the way, this looks like a box cover. It looks like one of, um, it could be a box cover from anything in any, any era. And <clears throat> did you find it really hard breaking into the business because of your ethnicity? What was the question again? Did you find it super hard breaking into the business because of your ethnicity, be it magazines, be it adult, or just dancing? Um, well, I came in at the perfect time. I came in when they were kind of cr- crisscrossing the music and the, they, you remember we were doing all those um, movies like, um, like I did, like they had New Jack City and I did Black Jack. <laughs> so they were kind of combining the music with the, um, I did um, in Loving Color, they had in Living Color. So we were doing a lot of parodies. And so, you know, they had um, 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 Married with Children, you know, and they did a parody from that. So, so it was kind of the crossing of industries and the music as well. So, and I came in at the perfect time because 
there was a lot of um, interracial, interracial, that's when interracial started hitting. There were only three African-American girls at that time that were working, myself, Heather Hunter, Janet Jackme. And so, um, so basically it was all in the timing because you know that our industry goes through phases. They went through the, the, the big boob phase. They went through the real petite kind of Kate Moss phase. They and the, and then the, the booty phase, you know, and they were still stuck there, you know, but, um, but yeah, I really, I really loved um, shooting the box covers. Um, that was great for me. Um, I was able, one of the problems that I had at first with shooting the box covers was I just didn't feel that sometimes they catered to me being an African-American woman and my makeup needs. And that's kind of how I kind of became the trailblazer of the person that's like, I'm bringing my own makeup artist. And, and if you don't use my makeup artist, I'm not shooting for you, you know? And even going to my shoots, um, you know, I got in people's chairs and I'm like, what is this? Oh no, you know what I mean? Um, I, was, I was really, I was really into my image. I wanted to portray myself in a certain way and um, I just was not going to be on camera looking wrong. <laughs> no, uh, exactly. And like, did you ever see a film prior to getting into the business that made you want to be a part of it? Like, what was that trigger that made you say, hey, I want to do adult? Like mine was, hey, I'll make more money as a feature dancer. Because we all knew with magazine models and no offense to any of them, then, not now, of course, um, you're the flavor of the month, right? And obviously you stood out because you're beautiful, you're African-American. And, you know, I um, you know, I knew that they're making maybe anywhere from 100 to 500 to 500, $400 a show. Obviously you're doing an adult, you made more money. This is how it works, guys, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Uh, people don't just wake up the next morning, wow, I want to do porn. Um, and you have bills to pay, you know? <laughs> For me, um, like I said, I started off with the magazines. So I was in school and, and things were just kind of crazy. And I was just like, I need money. So I was kind of thrown on that set. Like I said, I went there and I was just walking around um, and, and Ron talked me into doing, doing a scene, you know, it's so weird the way it happened. You know how things happen when you're young and you're just, you know, adventurous. And um, that's kind of the way it happened. Had I seen a, a movie before? Um, I had seen magazines before. I remember seeing Vanessa Del Rio on um, a magazine at someone's house. And I was like, oh, she is so beautiful. But had I seen anything other than the Playboy stuff that you see? You remember when Playboy can Playboy at night, you know? And, and that's like so softcore. It's just like, you know, so I had seen things like that. You know, I used to hot wire the cable to, to watch that with my cousins. <laughs> well, when you moved to LA at first, it seemed like quite the experience because then you have your roommates and everything. Would you say those were like innocent times? Because you talk about these different cool neighbors you had in the building you lived in and so forth. Those, those were, those were times, um, after I had gotten into the business. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I came out here, um, to go to school, you know, on a scholarship. For fashion. 
And um, so I, I kind of fell into this whole music scene because um, I started meeting music people and, you know, I'm in LA, I'm in Hollywood. I want to go and see Hollywood. I want to go up Hollywood Boulevard, you know, and go to the Arsenio Hall show and go and see these different shows. And, and I've always been a go-getter. So, you know, me and my, um, the, one of the girls I went to school with, um, named Charlotte, we would just stand outside and just wait for celebrities to leave. So I started off meeting people in the entertainment industry. Then I got into the adult and then it kind of crisscrossed back and forth, you know? So I would go to events for music. And then I had a boyfriend that was a, that was a producer and, and, um, and then I lived in a building. You remember the Grand, right? The which one? The Grand. The Grand in Sherman Oaks. No, because I lived always by the beach away from all of you crazy people. Away from all the parties and the people like the further in- I lived away. That's where all the crazies are now, girl. You're in Venice? <laughs> you were in no, Venice? no, no, no. I was, okay, well, yeah, the Venice Canals. Then I was in Marina Del Rey where it was a little bit more upscale. And I met a lot of basketball players, but I didn't know who they were. You know. yeah, I loved Marina Del Rey. I lived in Marina Del Rey. I loved it over there. Um, I used to go to, what was that restaurant over there? They used Baja to have Cantina. Baja. I lived right on the same side of the Baja Cantina, one block from there. Wait, where did you live? Because I must have seen you at the cantina. I knew the twins that were like security guards. And I was going there all the time with this female fitness friend of mine who worked out at goals with me sometimes. And we would we go in there. We cause trouble, of course, not in a bad way. Uh, but yeah, that's when, twins. which twins. There were twin bar, like twin security guys. They look like Heckle and Jekyll. They're uh, light skinned, and then, but there's and then the there's Yankee brothers, Doodles, right? huh? Not the Barbarian Brothers, right? No, I knew them from going to the gym. Yeah, and then from watching movies with them, uh, Ghost Rider or whatever that movie was. Then across the street was Yankee Doodles. So which building complex did you live in? I was right across the street. In, there was a sushi bar on one corner and a pizza place. And then it was Marina Towers. And right across the street was a burger place. Um, Islands. It's gone now. Yes. yes. Now I lived across the street from you in Kingswood. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, guys, this is so funny. We were like less than a few blocks away from each other. But we just, you know, didn't really see each other outside of the business. Yeah, and I would, um, I would, um, I would, I would um, wake. I, I loved waking up in the morning and just oh, because I was on the twelfth floor, so I loved to just oh. wake up in the morning and opening my curtains and seeing the water. It was just so peaceful. And um, I, I, I myself separated myself from, from people in the industry, but I moved to a building that was mostly industry people, but music industry people, you know? So, so um, when you say my fun neighbors and all that, yeah. So it was music industry people, but I think that in further in Chatsworth and in, um, Canoga Park is where everybody lived, like, you know, towards Calabasas, Woodland Hills. Yeah. It's where, because everybody wanted to be close to the studios, you know? And um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't want to be that close to the studios. I, I was more of a Sherman Oaks girl. I lived in Beverly Hills for a little bit, and then I Marina Del Rey. But I, you know, I, I got around. I I'm got sure. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you and I, we didn't really run with a lot of people that were in the industry. We had our few people that we we hung out with, you know. Um, well, kind of. I myself. Um, Taylor Wayne, you know, was, was oh, I love Taylor. She's one of my favorite people. I love, love, love her. But then we also dated people in the business. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. That's the thing right there I wanted to get to. I don't know if you're comfortable. Like, we don't, we, you could say whatever you want to. See, here, here's a bit of unknown trivia for you people listening out there. Uh, Dominique and I were almost, we could have been related. We could have, should have would have uh, had these guys didn't have their heads up their asses, right? Had some people have had better ways of communicating than being barbarians and ridiculous and just immature, things could have worked out better for them. <laughs> yes, you know, dating in our industry is very tough. It's, it's, it's very tough. Um, I, 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 of course, you know, I was with TT Boy and and my first love. And um, I, I learned so much from that relationship. And, you know, I dated one other person in the industry after that. And um, that was very short lived. And then I, I just dated people in, in entertainment that were away from my industry. Um, it's, it's tough. And the tough part about dating someone in the industry, it's not the guy. It's, it's the women. I think that a lot of the problems that I had in my relationship was other women trying to get with my guy. You know, he was, he was hot. He was young. He was making money, working every day. He was popular. And, um, and it was just the, the girls being messy, you know, um, that, that, that was a big issue more so in my relationship. Um, um, you know, he, he worked, he came home, we had great vacations. We would go on great dinners. We, you know, and we were just two young people in love and, and we met on a set. <laughs> wow <laughs> it was love at first sight and the day that we met I went I he gave me a ride home and I never left his side you know I, I ended up moving in with him and it was just um he he, he was TT was a great boyfriend but people would get in his ear and say oh well yeah oh she just loves working with this person and she just then that's when the things would start where I don't want you working with this person I don't want you working with that person that's my friend that's my friend that's my friend and I'm like but all of those girls are my friends you know but um you know and if I can't work with any of your friends I won't be able to work so that's where the problem started but you know this young and being in love you know um it was just, we were just young and in love and we just couldn't handle it, you know? And that's the way I see it. I, it was a great learning experience for me. And I have since um, gone on, TT had a show 
about three years ago and I went on his show and I was able to sit and talk with him and it was just like a therapy session for me because um, I could come to some closure and I realized that I took a lot of the pain that I, that I felt into other relationships. And I kind of felt like I was free. And, and, you know, I just talked to him yesterday. I, I still talk to him and um, we, we just were just in different places in our lives. We were not, you know, we almost got married too. We were engaged. Yeah, I know that part. <laughs> I, I think the other girls were, yeah, well, you could, it could have happened. I couldn't wear my ring when I was working. Why? He didn't want me to wear my ring when I was not my, my engagement ring, you know? So it was just so much, um, so much. But I think if it wasn't for, you know, Jim South was our agent. Mm-hmm. So so whenever there was these big blowups, which everybody would find mm-hmm. out about Jim South, would, he was our counselor. I miss him, Jim. Yeah. So he, and you, what, what agent did you have? Um, I didn't have one. I was, I had a manager in Florida, Charlie Fry. Oh, Charlie booked, Fry. Like, I was always under, con- I was under contract with him. And um, so I never worked with a lot of people. I didn't go to a lot of events because don't forget a lot of people didn't like me because I was very outspoken. I spoke my mind and I didn't give a fuck about anything and who was getting upset. Like some of the things, for example, or exhibit number one, did you see some of the things she said in the press? Well, I didn't know some of you could actually read. Like those were my replies, things like that. It was Felicia Ann that said that. And that was my exact thing. And I think another comeback was, well, maybe you just don't get enough cock. So then this whole thing with TT Boy is just really disturbing to me because I feel as though a lot of girls were very jealous of you and they did that to get back at you, not because they specifically wanted him, but just because they want to get back at you for being successful and beautiful. And, you know, that's just, um, you know, that's the nature of the beast in that business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I dated his brother, by the way, for anyone wondering, and I'm sure people are going to look this up and see all these things, but they're two um, lovely people with just a lot of uh, <clears throat> emotional demons. So, yeah. Uh, also, it, it doesn't, I don't think it works when it's the two people in the business. I think one has to be out of it and the other one doesn't. This is what Peter North told me once. Mm-hmm. You know, even that right there, because I tried dating someone that was in the industry and I was I was leaving. I did my last scene with him for one of his movies. And um, even that is kind of same, same thing. And, you know, you're right. You're right. Um, it, you know, um, it, was, it was exactly what you said. The girls were jealous and they wanted to stir trouble and. Um, and, and that, that was eventually what broke us up. Um, a, a girl telling, telling TT something that I supposedly did and, um, and he believed it. And that's, that's what, what broke us up the last time. And, um, and, and he carried that with, he was so hurt. He carried that with him for a long time. And um, she, she, it, was, it was crazy. She actually said that I had tried to hook up with Peter North, which is his best friend. And when we, when I did his show, you know, we called Peter on, on the three-way and, and we talked to him and he, we, Peter was like, no, no, that never happened. But, you know, all of those years of, cause there's like a, a, a long stretch where TT didn't even talk to me. Um, 
we worked on, there's a few times we worked on the same set and they put us in dialogue scenes together. And, and um, I had gotten married. I had this, this um, husband, he was Chippendale and I brought him in to do a scene with me. And they had to be a dialogue scene between me and TT and, and him. And it was just so weird. And TT had to lock me up and throw me in jail. And it was just like, I'm like, that's the best acting scene he's ever done. Because he was just so mad at me. So he was loving putting those cuffs on me and throwing me in a cell. And um, it, it was just crazy. And, and, you know, usually if you break up with someone, you you avoid going. You, you hopefully you don't go to their gym. You know, yeah. you can avoid them in different ways. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, hopefully you're not on the same soap opera. You know what I mean, or whatever. You know, you can you can avoid them, or you know, you're not shooting on the same movie set. You know, but um, with us, we had the award shows. We had um, you know the two award shows, one in Vegas. The one in in to both of them in Vegas. We had the ones here, the casting calls, and um, you know there was there was a time when he got a new girlfriend, and and I was just like, oh my god, it was just I was just I was just heartbroken, you know. But um, after a while, you know, we kind of he started doing his own thing. So I didn't really run into him on, on shoots or have to worry about running into him on sets. But for a while I would ask, is, is he on this set? And can you make sure that we're not there at the same time? You know, and, and I, I, you know, because I was mostly a contract girl. So um, the contracts that I had, they some of these companies didn't use him. So that made it much easier, but it was a rough time. It was a rough time. I mean, have you ever dated someone in the industry? Yeah, but just getting back to this thing. See, had you been friends with me then, I would have asked you for that girl's phone number, her address. I would have knocked her teeth out. She wouldn't have been working after. I would put eye drops in her drink. She would have had diarrhea on set. You see, it pays to have crazy friends. I did actually. I um, It wasn't him. It was a gentleman. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, the brother, Talon, Lex Baldwin, whatever name you want to call him, Lex Baldwin, uh, Earl Slate. And girls would do this shit to me all the time. Then I'd make nice with them, but then do something really evil. <laughs> but then again, that's someone who was, he, he was someone who's doing, who had like drug and um, alcohol addictions. And I didn't know, like, uh, I'd, I've never dealt with people like that. And I myself didn't have those issues. So when the guy is waving a handgun on your front lawn, I didn't know this was like a drug inspired thing, but he's wow. making me late for my hair appointment. I'm like, look, I just yelled out of my window. You either need to shoot your, just shoot your brains out now. Excuse you me, you come and get this guy off my lawn. He has a gun. I have a hair appointment at Jose Bear and I don't want to be late. <laughs> Well, I had to call the hair salon and they had the nerve. Oh, are you okay? I said, look, I just need to get my hair done. I will be there. So I called the police and then I had to get a ride to the hair shop. And, you know, the girl, I told the girl when she pulled in, I said, look, you, this is after OJ Simpson too, mind you. So it's very same. Yeah. So they, um, she took my report in the car, taken me to the hair salon, sat in the hair salon <laughs> and did the report, but I wasn't going to press charges. I mean, it's just another, um, 
another story. Now, if that were in this day and age, we'd be dealing with all these other things. But being, uh, you know, it seems like you, you know, in the book, I know you go into all your love affairs with all these different people and everything, which I'd much, I, I like saving for books because I think people need to just go out and buy books more than hearing it being talked about. And I don't like it when people try to get so much out of, you know, um, someone's book or life story on stage to the point where it's like, well, you know, do I really want to go and blah, 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 blah. Do I really want to pick it up? No, because people are lazy these days, which brings me to my next point. Have you seen what these performers look like today? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Who is putting these people out there telling them they're a porn star? You're not a porn star. You're someone with a camera at home. They're called porn no stars <laughs> exactly or they're, 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 they're creators what what do you create they're not testing like they used to did you get caught up in any of these scandals with uh with the mark wallace like i never worked with mark wallace do you get caught up in any of that you know i i was so blessed because um when those things happened i was touring i wasn't even working so and then right after that stuff started happening is when i left you know but um, to get back to the girls in the industry now, um, I, I think that when we were doing, I was looking back at some of the box covers from like with the Raquel Darians and beautiful fan of you, you know, and they put, everything was much more, it was like more quality, you know? You actually went into a studio, sat down, got your hair and makeup done, worked with the best photographers. You know, we worked with the best, um, Playboy photographers, penthouse photographers, the best makeup, the best lighting. And you actually had a full day, eight hour day where you get your makeup done. You have sit down for lunch, they cater it. You know, you, we are all dolled up, you know? Yeah, and then what we want to do after we get out of there is go out because we're looking so good, you know. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. When we get styled. We had a stylist. And so um, so so they put more money into that. Me, you know, I, I was under contract with it, video exclusives. They were known to really do it up with their covers. And I think that now it's like everything that they're taking shortcuts, you know. So they're doing the bots cover on the movie set. So, so it's not the correct lighting, it's people around, you know, and they basically take your girls, bring their own clothes and they just throw you on a set, boom, stick your butt out, boom, bang. You know what I mean? There's the cover. <laughs> and um, and I, I think now they have this thing called OnlyFans. So a lot yeah. of people doing their own content and, shooting their own stuff so it's we during you know during our our era it was more glamorous more rock and roll you weren't a rock star unless you dated a porn star so it was glamorous and and it was just like more fun you know and um i think the business is just oversaturated with girls I mean, when we were working, there was just a specific, we could name the girls, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, two and, 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 and that's, that's, it was just us in a rotation. Um, I don't even know who a lot of the African-American new, newer actresses are, because I don't keep up with it. Um, 
but it's just different. It's different, even to the types of productions that they're doing now. It's just different. Um, I, I I think that I kind of stayed close to the pretty girl scenes. The I didn't do anything that crazy, you know. <laughs> Unlike some people we know. Um, <laughs> crazy is good because it makes you crazier later on in life. It's the crazy stuff to talk about. Um, so you, when you, I have to ask you this because you lived at the Cecil Hotel or in that area. And <clears throat> did you ever see the Night Stalker? Did you ever meet him? No, I did not meet him. I did not meet him. But I, I, you know, when, when people read my book, though, I think that what's that chapter, Dancing with the Devil? Is that the chapter? Yes, that is exactly what it is, Dancing with the Devil. With the Devil. I, I, I think um, when people read the book, they'll, they'll really delve into what I'm talking about with that. Um, I just feel like we placed ourselves in some very dangerous positions and situations. And, and you know, I feel like I was able to escape from a lot of really bad situations that could have potentially been very dangerous for me. Um, you know, during, during the time I was working, we had an active serial killer, you know, even as a child. Whoa, whoa, whoa. stop right there. What, which, what serial killer was it? When was this? Oh, um, what was his name? Girl, I'm going to have to look it up. Was that in California? It was, he was in, he was, he was in California. What year? They, they caught him in the nineties, but they feel like he was responsible for two deaths. Of, oh yeah. Um, he killed over a hundred women. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw something on this the other day on TV. I forgot who it was, but yeah, I'm like, Oh, just another serial killer. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I feel as if, you know, us going on, you know, we talk about me being um, young and going out to this big city by myself, or even just how I came out to Los Angeles, um, you know, young girl coming out to the big city, it's like a Little Red Riding Hood story. It's like you Little Red Riding Hood, leave your grandma, you come out in the woods, you know? And um, so I feel as if we both have probably placed ourselves in some, some pretty dangerous situations that could have ended not so well we're very blessed to still be here and um out of all of my chapters in my book the dancing with the devil one was i was the one that was creepiest for me yeah because it kind of delves into the darker parts of of my career and of the just the business you know and and um you know just being an entertainer and just being out there like we were you know i don't think that we were really aware of the dangers that were lurking in the dark you know and you know people can be just rotten you know oh yeah we know <laughs> so it's very it's I, I just touched at a few things that you can make people aware of. Oh, wow, that's crazy. You know, these kind of things happen. It just sickens me because people get so, <clears throat> they get their butt hurt over like the stupidest things. It's like, really? Try like sitting on stage, dealing with a Jerry Springer audience. Give me a break. Um, oh, I, have, 
Oh yeah, I was one of his highest rated guests. They put me in this thing on um, OK Magazine of his 10 most outrageous guests. I made it to number two. I wonder if any of those people are still alive. Um, like you can't, you people's, I, I don't get it. And then they're talking about, here's, here's, a, here's a concept I don't grasp these days. How do you get sexually harassed on a porn set? I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if there's a difference. I don't know if we had that difference or that safe space as they call it. Not that I wanted it um, because you're there to do a job. Mm -hmm. You know, did you, can you, do you think that things have just really been dumbed down now or just really watered down in some respect? And I do know if one popular African-American uh, adult films uh, performer these days, because she was on my show earlier this year, but yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I know. Um, you mean as far as the sexual harassment stuff? Yeah, I just don't get it. And I think that they just put it to be, I, I feel as though it's become <clears throat> a hypocrisy where you're supposed to have this set of women's rights and your body, your choice, right? So your body, your choice, you're going to work with who you want to. But yet some poor girl killed herself because she was shamed for not wanting to work with a transsexual all right, great. She doesn't want to work with the transsexual. That's on her. She doesn't want to do it fine, but it's no need to shame someone to the point of where they want to end their lives, which is pretty dark. Yes. And plus you have to realize that our era, we didn't have all of this social media. And um, so there was really no place to shame us besides the dope video news magazine that came out. Oh, and Luke Ford, Luke Ford, you oh. know, which we were just like, oh, whatever, you know. So, um, so you know, and plus with us, we really had the choice of um, deciding what we were going to do. You know, when I when I was called for a shoot, it was like, okay, you're going to do a boy girl, you're going to do a girl girl. Who am I working with? Okay, well, these are the guys I have. Okay, this is who I want to work with. Okay, these are the girls I have with. That's who I want to work with. Okay, can you send me a script? They would send over a script. I'd have a week to look it over. If there's something I didn't like in the script, I'll say, take that out, take that out. You know, I, I had a problem with doing these um, titles that had hooker in them, you know, or, you know, someone gave me a script for, a script for something called Black Street Hookers. I was like, so, so, so um, when I was on the contract, I had more control over, um, saying hey no take that out or if there's something that i felt was um if there was something that i felt was kind of racist you know um stereos stereotyping black women i'm like no i i don't call me no hoe you know what i mean so 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 i would have a chance and i was just sitting i look at the script i say okay and then i show up you know at a certain time get my makeup done do my scenes and go home you know, so I didn't have any um, wild cards thrown at me. <laughs> and it's so funny because I have a, I have a, a friend um, who I used to do movies with and she continued to do movies 10 years after I retired. And she was like, oh, I went on this set. And she was like, and I was going to do my scene and they were like, can you do a, a, a double stuffed cream pie? And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what is that now I'm, what is that you know and, and I'm like what is a double stuffed cream pie and she said it's just like a I think she said that it is a DP where they both 
you know, inside of you. And I was like, hmm. I was like, I've never eaten another Oreo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. But in all of this, you're not supposed, you're supposed to be the wild card. So they exactly. can't throw anything wilder at you. So I always made sure I was the wild card that showed up. Professional with the wild card. Huh? You're supposed to be the one that's in control. But, you know, you have to think these girls, some girls are young and they get thrown onto these sets. Like, you know, um, I like I went in onto the set, you know, um, didn't know anything about the industry. You know, I had people that said, hey, this is what you do. And um, and and I was just really lucky because, you know, I had a boyfriend that was very protective over me and we were like a family, you know. And all of that jealous stuff and the crazy girls coming at me didn't start until I started to get bigger in the industry. And it's the jealousy of, you know, and it's like, oh, this person's taking work from me. No one can take work from you. You know what I mean? There is enough of us to go around, you know. Um, so it, it wasn't about taking work from anyone, you know, but it was, it was just, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. But I, I feel as if that nowadays the girls kind of, I think they have more control over their career and um, over what they do because they have the only fans and they have more control over their money. Right. You know, if they are making it that way, I mean, I can't see like if you want an only fans, I know you, you do really well because you have a huge fan base and a loyal fan base at that. Is that something you would do? You think only fans, um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I would have to think about how, what type of concept I would use. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe doing my own podcast one day. I would like to do something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. You should totally do it. I want you to. And then I had one more question about one of these chapters with the, um, the cost of beauty. Cause I went skimming through that. What was that? Like, yeah, it's chapter 14. Yes. When your lungs are about to collapse and you're shoving the nurse's hand away from you. Um, again, without going into too much detail yes. about the book, um, you know, I just really wanted to um, talk about um, the positions that the pressures that we have on us as women, the pressures as, as you know, with us we had to be fit. We had to have our bodies together. You know, we were in you, I'm pretty sure you, I know that you were over in Marina Del Rey facials and all of that, you know, you know, we, 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 we kept it together and we spent money to make more money and, um, that can be expensive. So, um, I just feel like there's a lot of the young youth that try to take shortcuts to get that, and, and there is no shortcut, you know, either if you're going to, if you're thinking about having any type of surgery, just make sure that you really investigate the doctor and, and, um, and really know, don't go to these places where they're doing injections in the hotel, you know, <laughs> or whatever, and just really investigate the person because it could be your life and um and um 
there, you know, I don't know. There were a lot of doctors back in our era. Like, like, do you remember the doctor in Dr. Harleen? Doctor in Utah. Utah. You know, so that doctor becomes popular because he does one good boob job, you know, and then everybody goes rushing there. But, you know, just because he does one good boob job doesn't mean he's going to do a good nose job or a good tummy tuck or a good lipo. So, um, you know, and even with plastic surgeons nowadays, they have a specialty. There's a doctor that specializes in BBLs. There's a doctor that specializes in breasts. There's one that specializes in noses. And it's, it's a very costly thing, you know? So um, I just think it's very important for the girls to know, hey, do your research and, and, and don't go and hop on the first table because you're saving $10,000 because you may not wake up. Yeah, there are nightmares about that with doctors that go from Mexico and South America to Florida under a different name because they lost their license there. A woman was uh, basically butchered for her mommy makeover. Oh, same thing in Turkey, because if even if you spend like three grand more and just stay here, there are doctors out there that are phenomenal um, with surgeries, not necessarily in L.A. either. Like you go out of the area, you know, and I, I feel as though today girls should start doing the work like we did back then. I know that sounds horrible, but I feel as though the second the public start like stops accepting mediocrity. And people might kill me for saying this. Um <laughs> just I carry too but just if you are going to do that you know you want to do this don't insult the business do not insult the legacy that we've built do not insult the consumer and I know that guys aren't accepting mediocrity deep down and I know we should accept everyone for being beautiful inside and out but let's face it this is a very uh plastic business yes. you know and it's about vanity so if you're going to step in front of a camera, don't have your bottle of Jack Daniels in the background of wherever you're shooting and don't have like tattoos are great and everything, but sometimes it just looks so, it looks so like too much, you yeah. know, Tara Patrick's gorgeous. That's one thing. That's the exception to the rule. Oh, Tara, um, beautiful. I love Tara. Yeah. She's one of my favorites as well. But when you keep going and it's just any girl that looks like she could be from a brothel in uh, Zona Rio or something in Mexico, it's not the same. Is that a horrible thing to say? Yeah, it is, but whatever. Uh, this is what I'm known for. And this is why people get scared of me, Dominique. Um, what would you say is one of the craziest, one of the more crazy moments you've had encountering a fan or your scariest moment? Because it can go right on the border. I have a chapter called Hardcore Fans and I kind of go into that. Um, <laughs> let me see, scariest moment. You know, um, one of the things when, when while, while we were dancing, you know, um, we, you know, you know, we do the meet and greets and there are a few fans that, that would get kind of touchy. Um, I, I think that was probably the scariest things that I, encountered being on the road um, because some of the fans would jump up on the stage and try to pick you up. I don't know if you. <laughs> yeah, that happened. He chased me off the stage though, but. 
<laughs> yeah, they jump on the stage and try to pick you up or while taking a, a Polaroid, you know, um, they want to grab your breasts, you know, to grab you. So I, I just really had security with me at all times. Sometimes they can't even stop that, you know, because it's so quick. The guy steps and he wants to step behind you and take a picture, you stand up and then he, you know, so sometimes those are things that we could not control. But um, I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm, I was discussing in my chapter, Dancing with the Devil, that we have placed ourselves in some positions where we were so close to people that we don't know anything about, you know, and that's the whole thing about internet and, so, and social media. We're talking to people and we don't even know who they are, what they're about what they've done it's kind of creepy right to you know it is that's and, why, and, yeah. and people can build these um personas behind a computer screen and you don't even know who you're talking you could be talking to a a guy and you think you're talking to a woman you know um they have and it's, it's so elaborate now they can set up the picture profile and everything you know, so anytime I see a profile and I see like all of these like generic pictures of the, and I, I've had that myself, even myself, I have people say, is this the real Dominique Simone? Is this really Dominique's page? Because I do have a lot of people that have, um, have set up pages with me using my pictures. And so, so I just got verified on Instagram. So, yeah. So, um, so, um, can we pause one second? Sure. No problem. Hang on. Pausing cut right here. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot more that people, people don't understand the dangers we put ourselves in, or if someone follows you back to a hotel and bangs in your door, you know? Yeah. yeah haven't there been, there's been a few girls that they found oh. from the industry dead, you know, in hotels. I saw something on one of the pages, you know, and it's, it's just scary, you know? Um, yeah. I, a guy once knocked on my door on Lubbock. And from that moment on, I said, no, I only stay at hotels. I yeah. I it, Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock. No, Amarillo. He followed you. He must have, or maybe the feature before knew, like, um, like told someone, cause some of these girls were turning tricks back then too. Like it wasn't just a 90, like late nineties, early two thousands thing. They were, they were doing it then too. And someone probably told the customer, yeah, well, I'm staying here. If you want to hang out, you fucking bitch. So then this is where they put you in the same, every um, feature. Yeah. So they know. Yeah. So that's they when I started traveling back. with someone. Huh? And they bring someone back. So then so the, the fans get to know the hours you come in, you're going back to you. So they can just kind of, that is so dangerous. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Then I hired someone to go with me to places in case like a security security. Uh, the same guy that worked with Raquel um, Darian. Oh, yes. With me. yes. Not Derek, by the way, not her. her suitcase. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Um, her suitcase. Did I, did I just say that? But it was definitely a better era than I think. And hopefully, you know, maybe things, some things will be revisited from the 90s. I know the music is. I know that. Uh, you know, certain styles might come back. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just hoping it gets to that direction at some point soon. If people, well, when they read your book, not if, what would you say 
like three of the biggest takeaways are, or five, if you think that there's more than three. The biggest takeaways. Yes. I would want people to find inspiration in my story by, um, by, by saying that, hey, I can change my life. You know, I'm not stuck here. I can do something else. Um, I can, if I want to get sober, I can get sober. You know, there's a lot of, it's challenging, it's hard, but you know, if, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, I, you know, I have a beautiful life now. And um, just if you follow your dreams that, you know, and if you're persistent that you can accomplish them, you know, how I came out here at a young age and searched for this and ended up, you know, basically falling into the business that I came out here for, which was, you know, music, um, to just, as for the young girls, to just um, be very, very weary of the types of people that you connect with. Um, it's, it's very important who you allow touch you, types of people you have around you, types of energy it can be absorbed. And I think it's very important because we don't think about that when we're young, we're just, you know, running around and we're just not, but, you know, but to think about the energies that you want in your life, you know, um, and that you can, you know, there is nothing wrong with being an adult film star. There's nothing wrong with being a stripper, but don't let anybody, family, friends, anybody tell you that you are not a good person and that you'll never amount to anything and you can't do anything else. You know, there's a lot of girls that we worked with that they worked their way through nursing school and through different industries. So, and um, to just be true to yourself, be true to yourself. Do not um, let anybody um, make you feel like you're, you have no self-worth, you know? So my, my book is about, um, self-empowerment is um, about um, just being true to yourself, um, never giving up. Um, so so those were, are the things that I would want people to take from my book. And I, you know, I talk about a lot of the fun things that happen as well. And I, I've had a great, great life. It's been a great roller coaster ride for me. And I'm at peace now. And you can get at peace. You can. After going through all the craziness that I went through, you can be at peace in your life. And that's basically what I want people to take from it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think you should have any shame about doing films. Like no one should. And people always think they did such a wrong thing and you have to turn your life around. And you don't really. You just live a much cooler life and have more experiences than most people ever will in any lifetime. Yeah, it was a it was a learning experience for me, and and during our era, we were all a family, so it's nothing like it is now. So everything was close knit. So if there was any issues that we had, we could just go and you can get on the phone with your agent. You had an yeah. agent, so you you yourself had someone that was a protector of you. you yeah, three thousand miles away, like when a guy was in my living room, <laughs> I was arguing with, and he came on my balcony. That time, yeah, he he protected me already. Called the police, uh, <laughs> but but we did, we did have other people that we checked in with, you know, and and we weren't like just out here lost, and yeah. um, and and we did have resources for 
for health things. And we had a lot of resources. So, so I call it the golden age, the golden age. It really was. And, you know, I still, I love going down the rabbit hole of it because people like hearing about it, you know, they'll never live it on, you know, but you could certainly hear about it and learn a lot, especially from your book as to what it was really like. So I know there are a lot of young girls that listen to this and younger guys that want to get into the business, but Hey, do not take advice from someone on TikTok that's telling you how to do things. And if I took advice from TikTok, I swear something would have gone wrong in my life in general. <laughs> um, I mean it. And yeah. this book is definitely worth picking up. It is a star is porn. It's a gorgeous hardcover photo, you know, and you, are you going to be going out to promote this? Or are you doing signings? Uh, yes, yes. I'm going Tell to be, me. I'm going to be doing some bookstore signings and doing some other appearances. I'm really excited to promote it. Um, you know, one thing I really like about my book is that it has, you know, a lot of pictures yes. and, um, and, um, you know, so I'm really excited. Here's a few pictures that I really like, you know, from my book. That's my favorite. Because yeah. it looks like an AVN show. This was a fun shoot to do too. So um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing some television and and um, bookstore signings. I'm really looking forward to getting out there and telling about my book. And it was so great to see you. We're going to have to get together and have lunch and have a drink or something and some tea. <laughs> totally fine by me. And if people actually want to follow you, because now social media is a thing, where do they find you on the World Wide Web? Okay, I'm on um, Instagram and uh, it's under, a lot of people misspell my name. It's D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E underscore S-I-M-O-N-E underscore on Instagram. And I'm on Twitter as well. Um, Dominique777. And um, so those are the main platforms that I use. Yes. Thank God. Okay. Cause everyone's on TikTok. I have TikTok, but I don't use it. Uh, so I will post all of these and everyone listening, please pick up the book. It's totally worth it. And, you know, even if you get it online or if you decide to go meet her at a signing, uh, don't be aware to creepy, just buy the book, stand in line, get the photo. Have your bookmark too there. Yeah. yeah. I love the bookmark. When I saw the bookmark, I'm like, who's this? Oh. <laughs> And I encourage people to buy it as a physical book, a hard copy book, which I'm sure a lot of our fans will. And I got mine inscribed. So maybe, maybe if you're cool enough, you'll get an inscription on yours or maybe you won't. Aww. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Thank and thanks you. for going down Thank the you. rabbit hole with me at the fun times. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great interview. It was lovely speaking to you. And um, I hope to see you soon. Yes. Are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Woo! Please make sure to rate and review Crazy Train Podcast. Take a screenshot, send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast, that's with a K, on YouTube for video interviews and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content. Woo!